Welcome to the Kotke Ride Home for Wednesday, June 2nd, 2021. I'm Jackson Bird. John Steinbeck's secret, unpublished werewolf novel that his estate doesn't want you to read. Lithuania built a portal to Poland, and more may soon follow. And set your alarms for the Ring of Fire solar eclipse next week. Here are some of the cool things from the news today. The big news in the literary world last week was that John Steinbeck, Nobel Prize winner and author of the classics Grapes of Wrath, Of Mice and Men, and East of Eden, apparently wrote an entire murder mystery werewolf novel that was never published. The unpublished manuscript from 1930 was recently brought to the spotlight again by Gavin Jones, a professor of American literature from Stanford University, who found the manuscript, which even features illustrations done by Steinbeck, in the archives of the Harry Ransom Center at the University of Texas at Austin while he was researching Steinbeck. The werewolf novel, Murder at Full Moon, was apparently written in just nine days when Steinbeck was 28 and broke. He'd published one novel thus far, the equally pulpy Cup of Gold, a pirate adventure novel set in the 1600s, but was having trouble getting his more serious books published, and had mentioned to a friend that he needed to write another novel that would appeal to the lowest common denominator so that he could just make some money. He even used a pen name, Peter Pym presumably to distance himself from the work. Despite his intentions, Jones, now one of the few people who has ever read it, maintains it's still a pretty good book. He told The Guardian, quote, Even though it's very different from Steinbeck's other work in a totally different genre, it actually relates to his interest in violent human transformation, the kind of human-animal connection that you find all over his work, his interest in mob violence and how humans are capable of other states of being, including particularly violent murderers. It's certainly not Steinbeck the realist, but it is Steinbeck the naturalist, interested in human nature. It's a horror potboiler, which is why I think readers would find it more interesting than a more typical Steinbeck. It's a whole new Steinbeck, one that predicts California noir detective fiction. It's an unsettling story whose atmosphere is one of fog-bound, malicious, malignant secrecy. End quote. Now, Jones, as well as Steinbeck biographer William Souter, say the complete manuscript should be published posthumously, but Steinbeck's estate strongly disagrees. The estate agency, McIntosh and Otis, wrote in an email statement, quote, Steinbeck wrote Murder at Full Moon under a pseudonym, and once he became an established author, he did not choose to seek publication of this work. There are several other works written by Steinbeck that have been posthumously published with his directions and the careful consideration of the estate. As longtime agents for Steinbeck and the estate, we do not exploit works that the author did not wish to be published. End quote. Now, I do have to give them credit for that. You may remember there was a lot of controversy surrounding the publication of Harper Lee's second novel, Ghost Set a Watchman, just a year before she passed away, when many of her friends argued that she had been swindled by lawyers and that she didn't actually want to publish it. And then there's the people constantly trying to publish old works of J.D. Salinger's, which his estate is doing soon, but they are very carefully sifting through what Salinger did and did not want to be published. You know, I think it's good to respect people's wishes even when they're gone, but at the same time, werewolves. 
And plus, Jones argued, quote, Steinbeck did attempt to have the book published early in his career, and he did not destroy this manuscript as he did several others, end quote. And Souter says it would be a shame not to publish a complete manuscript from a beloved author and suggests maybe this estate would be satisfied with the addition of, quote, a scholarly introduction or foreword that frames it properly as a book Steinbeck wrote only in the hopes of earning some quick money and not as a book that belongs in the main channel of his development as a writer, end quote. So maybe we will see it one day. The New York Times must be optimistic about its prospects because they included a spoiler warning with their synopsis of the book, which does sound pretty great. Quoting the Times, The book focuses on a cub reporter who takes a job in the fictional town of Cone City, near a spooky, dismal marsh. He's soon drawn into the orbit of a local hunting club. When one member's dog is killed on a moonlit night, the reporter and an eccentric candidate for sheriff decide to investigate. Other, more gruesome killings of people follow, always under a full moon. In order to find the killer, who they start to suspect might be a superhuman monster that has arisen from the marsh, the investigators apply a theory of crime detection built on reading bad murder mysteries. This element gives the novel a postmodern ironic feel, Mr. Jones said, end quote. And despite the estate's objections, book Twitter has been having a field day over the news. Science writer Eric M. Gregerson said on Twitter, quote, If it is garbage or just okay, Steinbeck will still be author of Grapes of Wrath and of Mice of Men. If it's amazing, he will be author of Grapes of Wrath, of Mice and Men, and Death by the Full Moon, or whatever. End quote. To which one of his followers, Peter, replied with an even better title suggestion, Beast of Eden. Jezebel summed up the situation by saying, quote, Snobs in the publishing industry have been hiding this John Steinbeck detective mystery with a werewolf plot from us for 91 years because they assume that the hottest of the Depression-era writer dudes would be embarrassed by it now. End quote. And they're so certain that Murder at Full Moon would be a hit that they already wrote the HBO Max pitch. Quoting Jezebel, Picture this. We get Evan Peters, who has proven via mayor of Easttown that he's great at regional accents and cute as a goddamn button, as the young reporter, hungry to earn back his good name in Cone City, fresh off an unceremonious firing at the San Francisco Chronicle for uncovering a corrupt water scheme too close to his editor-in-chief for comfort. Distract Matthew McConaughey from his disastrous-sounding political ambitions and get him back where he excels, as an eccentric crime investigator with a dead or estranged wife in a climate that requires him to sweat a lot. We're also going to need to give him a big-eyed blonde daughter for Evan to love, and Anya Taylor-Joy has a lot on her plate right now, so let's see what Elle Fanning has got going on. The Wolf's an allegory for Depression-era classism, and this whole town has a violent past and a terrible secret, including Sheriff Sweaty McConaughey and his large-eyed child. End quote. The Washington Post also got in on the fun with this satirical letter from John Steinbeck's editor, written by Alexandra Petrie, which imagines Steinbeck had a habit of throwing werewolves into all of his other works. Quoting the piece, Dear John, Wow, I think it's safe to say you'll win a Pulitzer for your writing someday. These novels are absolute humdingers, and I think they're full of the right stuff. But I had one question. Why are there so many werewolves? Just a few instances going through your work. Of Mice and Men and Werewolves. I don't think Lenny needs to be a werewolf for the story to work. I think he could just be a guy. Although, I did like the sad part at the end where George has to load a silver bullet into his gun while telling Lenny to think about rabbits. 
The Grapes of Wrath. I loved how there weren't any werewolves in this, but I was disappointed that you explicitly stated there aren't any werewolves in this book because there is too much dust in the sky for the full moon to change them. Travels with Charlie, my werewolf dog. Again, I don't think this will have the mass readership you would like it to have. End quote. The whole piece is a great read, really funny, even if you aren't too familiar with Steinbeck or his books. And, you know, I think this whole situation is just really resonating with people because Steinbeck was such a serious dude. And most of us were first exposed to his books in high school when we had to trudge through what felt like at the time the dullest books we'd ever read. So hearing that the guy responsible for that apparently wrote an HBO Max-worthy murder mystery with frickin' werewolves is just irresistibly awesome and hilarious. So please, Steinbeck Estate, please publish the werewolf novel. Don't make us turn this into a Snyder Cut situation. Just do it. Vilnius, Lithuania and Lublin, Poland have erected large circular portals between their cities. Alright, so as much as these structures look like the Stargate from Stargate, in practice they are sadly virtual. You can't actually walk through one on the Lithuania side and end up immediately in Poland. But you can wave to passerby in the other city via the live feed and large circular screen. The two cities, which are about 375 miles away from each other, installed the digital bridge as a way of encouraging unity at a time of great hardship and physical travel restrictions. Benedictus Gillis, president of the Benedictus Gillis Foundation, and credited as the initiator of the portal, which was spearheaded by the official tourism board of Vilnius, said in a statement, quote, Humanity is facing many potentially deadly challenges, be it social polarization, climate change, or economic issues. However, if we look closely, it's not a lack of brilliant scientists, activists, leaders, knowledge, or technology causing these challenges. It's tribalism, a lack of empathy, and a narrow perception of the world, which is often limited to our national borders. This project is a bridge that unifies and an invitation to rise above prejudices and disagreements that belong to the past. End quote. Despite how apropos the project appears for this specific moment in time, it was actually five years in the making, and its unveiling now is fairly coincidental. Quoting The Verge, The circle design, meant to evoke the wheel of time and a well-known sci-fi symbol, was designed by engineers at the Creativity and Innovation Center at Vilnius Tech. There are plans to add portals in other cities in the future, organizers say. End quote. I can think of about a million ways that this could be abused in some cities, but overall, I think this is a really cool idea. You know, I like the thought of installing them in already established sister cities, or maybe even having an option to, like, travel to all the different towns that have one, so, you know, you can sort of bop around to public squares all over the world without leaving your own. It's a pretty cool concept, so well done, Lithuania and Poland. I'm into it. Mark your calendars for next Thursday, June 10th, for the next solar eclipse. This one's called a Ring of Fire Eclipse, or an Annular Solar Eclipse. Quoting CBS News, A total solar eclipse occurs when the moon passes directly between the Earth and the sun, completely blocking the sun's light. During an annular solar eclipse, the moon does not completely cover the sun as it passes, leaving a glowing ring of sunlight visible. 
An annular eclipse can only occur under specific conditions, NASA says. The moon must be in its first lunar phase, and it must also be farther away from Earth in its elliptical orbit, appearing smaller in the sky than it usually would. Because the moon appears smaller under these circumstances, it cannot fully block out the sun, forming what's called a ring of fire, or ring of light. As the pair rises higher in the sky, the silhouette of the moon will gradually shift off the sun to the lower left, allowing more of the sun to show until the eclipse ends, NASA said, end quote. And that cool ring of fire effect will really only be visible in a small section of Canada, Greenland, Siberia, and the North Pole. But large parts of the rest of North America and most of Europe will get to see the partial eclipse. In North America, we're talking northern and eastern Canada, as well as the northern Midwest and east coast in the U.S., but not Florida, sorry. And in North America, the eclipse will be happening just around sunrise, so take a peek while you're making breakfast or set your alarm a little early. The eclipse will appear in the middle of the day in Europe and last longer, but be more shallow. Quoting CNET, This means that with a nice flat horizon to the east, like on a waterfront, the sun may appear to have horns as it rises rather than its usual curved disk. Good places to see this phenomena are around Thunder Bay, Salt St. Marie, Toronto, Philadelphia, New York City, and Atlantic City, explains Michael Zeller of GreatAmericanEclipse.com. Other places will see the rising sun appear as a shark's fin, such as Ottawa, Montreal, and Boston, end quote. And while you're keeping an eye out for that shark fin or horns, however, make sure you wear eye protection. This is a solar eclipse, so looking directly at it can damage your eyes. And if you want to check exactly what time you'll be able to see how much of the eclipse where you're at, I put a link to an interactive map from NASA in the show notes. And if you miss it, don't worry, not only will there be tons of live streams that you can watch back, but there will also be a total solar eclipse this year on December 4th, so you can make a point of catching that one. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is getting yet another film adaptation, but this marks the first one since the early 90s that I've actually been interested in seeing. It's being produced by Seth Rogen, who took to Twitter yesterday to announce the release date, August 11th, 2023. Rogen says that he'll be focusing on the teenage part of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles more so than anything else, which I personally agree is the way to go to give the movie heart and humor and feel the most like the original comics, and certainly the cartoon. This is in contrast to the pushes for a grittier, more adult adaptation, AV Club notes, and it also makes perfect sense for a Nickelodeon and Seth Rogen-helmed production. The movie will be CG animated instead of bringing back the animatronics, but you can't have everything, I suppose. But that is it for today. As always, this show was produced by Ride Home Media and Kotki.org. I am Jackson Bird, and I will talk to you again tomorrow.